Hi, and welcome to Belly's Babies and Birth, the podcast for building community and sharing resources for mamas and their families. I'd like to introduce you to our host, Amy Vanderlinden. Amy has been a physical therapist for over 18 years and has a passion for helping women have active, healthy pregnancies, optimal deliveries, and quicker recoveries to get back to the activities they love. She started this podcast to bring more resources and information to families and women going through pregnancy, postpartum, and other birth-related issues. Listen to hear how Amy and her guests talk about helping women thrive. Coach on Fire Radio. to another episode of Bellies, Babies, and Birth, the podcast that is for mamas and for building community. And this week, I figured since this whole point of my podcast is to reach moms and to talk to them about things that matter to them and their bodies and their health, that it was about time we get some actual mamas on this show. So today we're going to be talking to two different mamas, and right now I've got um, a friend Katie with me, and so she's going to share some fun things today about her journey, and uh, she definitely has a heart for reaching and educating women as well, and I love that about her, so I'm really excited to have her on today. Thank you so much for taking this time, Katie. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm happy to talk with you. So let's just jump right in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your family and yourself and everything that's going on in your world. Well, maybe not everything because that would take the whole show. I know you're super busy, but tell us a little bit about your family. Sure. So I've been married to my wonderful husband, Nick, for 15 years, and we have three beautiful children. Our oldest is a boy and he's six and we have a four-year-old girl. And then we have another boy who is just about to turn two. That's amazing. I can't believe he's going to be two already. And so our paths crossed between your second and third, right? Yes. So my third pregnancy was really difficult. Um, He ended up being an 11 and a half pound baby. So I started seeing you when my midwife uh, recommended physical therapy for a lot of the aches and pains I was having during the pregnancy. And then I also saw you Um, immediately postpartum. And then later when he was about a year old, um, I was having more postpartum issues and I saw you for those and it was extremely helpful. And I highly recommend any women who are pregnant or in the postpartum phase, go see Amy because she's amazing. Well, thank you for that little plug. Um, So why don't you share with the mamas kind of, I know you love helping other women feel great about themselves and great about motherhood and different things and share with us something that maybe you wish you would have known about pregnancy or known about postpartum that you didn't. I don't know if there's, there's something I wish I had known. Um, but I think 
one of the most important things we can do for ourselves as moms is just to be patient with ourselves and our bodies. Um, our bodies are designed and created to have children. And that's something that you don't really hear talked about by a lot of care providers, uh, especially those on the more OB medical side of things. And um, I think it's just really important to remember that as moms, that our bodies are made to do this, that, that we as women are made to be moms and that uh, we can trust that process that our body is going through. And it's not always fun and it's not always pleasant to go through it. But um, when we do trust that process that our body's going through, we can let go of some of that fear and um, let go of the expectations you have for yourself. Um, it's great to plan ahead and to have an idea of what you want to do. But at the same time, if that doesn't happen, give yourself grace and be patient with your body and trust that you, you were made to do this and you can handle it. That's good advice. So you were mentioning, and I agree that it's not always the most commonly discussed or taught practices in, in the traditional medical world. So how did you come to believe so strongly in that and to be able to kind of trust in that yourself? Um, you know, it's actually, it's actually kind of a funny story because I had no real experience with natural medicine or midwifery. And when I got pregnant with my first baby, I went to the library and the first book I happened to pick up off of the shelf was Ina Mae Gaskin's uh, Birth Without Fear, I think it's called. And that book was just totally eye-opening for me. The fact that, um, you know, our bodies are meant to do it, that women are, are all over the world have babies every day without a doctor, you know, giving them medicine or telling them how they should stand or, you know, when to push or any of those things. And Growing up in the United States, that's not something we ever really hear about. So that book was just a huge eye-opener for me. And from there, I just read every book on natural birth I could get my hands on. And it just made sense to me. And so all three of my babies, uh, my first one I had in a hospital with a midwife. My second one, um, I wanted the same midwife to deliver. So I went to the office where she was working, which was an OB's office, that OB and I had, we'll just call it a falling out where he asked me to find another practice. <laughs> so uh, I ended up having a home birth with a um, certified nurse midwife for my second baby. And then my third baby, I was like, you know, I, after the, the home birth, it was so amazing. It was, it was better than I thought it was going to be. And uh, I just would never do anything different after that. And so my third baby was a, a home birth with a licensed midwife. That's awesome. And I just, I try to tell women, I feel like whatever feels peaceful to them, whatever feels like they're being honored and heard and supported. And I mean, some women will flat out say, no, I want what feels safe to me is to deliver in a hospital and I want an epidural. So if that's what they're wanting, then those are the wishes that should be honored. But I agree anything that can help take the fear out of it. And what a great thing that you stumbled on that book. Like Inamay is such a pioneer um, in the world of midwifery, especially here in the United States. And so um, I hear midwives and doulas talk about her a lot. Um, I have not read that book yet, but definitely want to get it. Okay, so your kids are, 
are somewhat nicely spread out having two, four, and six, but what are some things that you wish maybe you had known, we said there wasn't anything specific you wish you'd known ahead of time, but in terms of healing or recovery and your body, like you learned a lot about to prepare for delivery, but what about that recovery and postpartum time? I think that's an area that I really had no idea what to expect. And the, the postpartum period for me, especially that initial six weeks after each birth was really different with each delivery. My first one, I had um, a lot of pain um, vaginally, and I did not expect that at all. I don't know why you'd think, you know, you just had a baby. It might be sore down there. I did not expect that. And uh, I probably didn't expect, I really had consistent pain for probably three months after delivery. And um, that's just, you know, going back to being, being patient and uh, don't be afraid to talk to your care provider about it and to ask them, is this normal? Is something else going on? You know, what should I be doing, if anything, about this? And, um, the second, my second birth, um, I, I felt really good quickly after the, the delivery. So it was totally different and I didn't need as much recovery time. I didn't need to take it easy quite as much. And then with my third, I had a totally different kind of postpartum pain in my abdomen and in my back. And, uh, and then I ended up seeing you for that. So just, just for women to be aware that, you know, you might experience pain after you might not, it's going to be different for everybody and it's different for each birth, but um, don't be afraid to talk about it and to ask for help and to get answers. Looking back, because hindsight's always 2020, are there things that you wish other moms or maybe your providers had shared with you that you thought to yourself, why didn't anybody say anything? Well, I certainly wish I would have found out about you sooner because I think you could have helped me a lot uh, postpartum with my first baby. Um, And I I just, I wish there was more synergy between OBs who are very medically minded and midwives, acupuncturists, chiropractors, uh, providers like you with physical therapy. I wish there was just more of a friendly synergy between those providers. And it's, I really feel like in my experience anyway, it comes from the OB side of things where for whatever reason, they, they either don't think your practices are legitimate or um, they're not worthwhile or whatever. I'm not as sure exactly why it is that way, but OBs in my experience have really poo-pooed any sort of natural uh, care. And it's really unfortunate because a lot of it is very valuable and it can be more affordable and very effective and less invasive. Um, so that's one of the main things I wish. How did pelvic physical therapy get on your radar? Um, it was, it was the recommendation of my midwife during my third pregnancy. So if, if she hadn't told me about it, I would have never, um, I would have never even known it was a thing. I didn't even know it existed. That is definitely part we're working on. And, you know, this is the perfect situation. That's why, you know, again, the podcast is for moms. I was like, let's talk to some moms. And 
um, although all the guests I've had on have been parents, but um, it's just different, you know, one of your perspective about that chain of events and that chain of um, providers and different things and how we can help women know about more resources much sooner in the process. I find it interesting, you know, we do so much work preparing for the delivery, right? Everybody's trying to think about their birth plan and if they want an actual or home birth or hospital, all the different pieces related to that. And then we take pregnancy classes and different things to help our bodies adjust throughout the pregnancy. Yet when you really look at it, the time that you're pregnant and then delivery are both so much shorter than the postpartum time. And I mean, technically postpartum's forever, right? Once you've had a kid, you're postpartum. But the delivery is usually the shortest piece of, well, not usually, it is the shortest piece of all. And yet that's the main part we focus on. That's the main part we prepare for. And granted, it's an extremely important piece. But um, yeah, I, I just wish there were other ways that we could prepare and educate um, more related to postpartum. So that's definitely a big passion of mine. So are you doing okay, Katie? Yes. Okay, sounded like it got a little windy or something. You're so funny. It's all right. Hey, it's life, right? Things are busy. You've got three kids trying to be outside. So we have a good signal, which I appreciate your efforts in that. Um, anything that you constantly find yourself telling friends when you find out they're pregnant or things that you're like little soapboxes of yours or personal missions? Yes. And I was hoping you would ask me that because <laughs> there, there's a couple things I want to touch on. First of all, to anybody listening to this, please do not ever, ever, ever under any circumstances, ask a woman if she is pregnant. This has happened to me and mom friends of mine several times during various stages of our mom journeys. And it's never pleasant to be asked if you're pregnant. And I have never been asked if I was pregnant when I was actually pregnant. So please just don't ever do that to any woman. If she's pregnant and she wants to share it with you, she will tell you. Um, the other thing I want to touch on is priorities that you set for yourself during your mom journey, during your childbearing years. And there are, there are a few that I think are really important that, that, that get sort of overlooked during, especially early postpartum. And then, and then as we just get into the busyness of caring for children and our families. And one of those is sleep. We need sleep. When we are sleep deprived, it makes everything harder. So take a nap when your baby is napping. Have your husband watch the kids when he gets home and take a nap. Whatever you can do to get more sleep, do it because it is so necessary for your body and your emotional well-being and it helps your body to heal and to thrive and to support all the things you're doing to care for your family. The other thing are healthy eating choices and exercise. And of course, in the beginning postpartum, you're not going to be out doing, you know, burpees and running a marathon and all of that stuff. But, you know, go for a gentle walk, try to be out in the sunshine Try to choose fruits and vegetables whenever you can. Um, the little choices that you make add up to big, healthy improvements in your body. And it's um, so valuable. And you really do feel better when you eat more fruits and vegetables, less carbs, less junk food. Even when the junk food is easier to eat and you're trying to nurse the baby and change the diapers and do all the things, just, you know, not in a way that adds more stress but just try to do that as much as you can. And then the other thing 
is sex. And I think we, we sort of forget how important sex is to us as women. You know, everybody talks about how men always want sex. Sex is really beneficial for your emotions. It releases oxytocin. It releases uh, endorphins. And it helps you stay connected to your spouse, which is really hard a lot of the times when you have small kids. So make sex a priority. And it's really, um, really important for your husband to help feel that he's still being valued and accepted and important in the family. And I think, um, you know, obviously initially postpartum, you, you need to heal and follow your care provider's advice on that. Um, but just do what you can to make that a priority because it is, it's beneficial for you as a woman, but it's also really good for your husband to still feel like he's important to you as well. All good points. Thank you so much for sharing those. Um, is there anything, you know, we're talking about providers in different scenarios, maybe an instance where there was a complete lack of being empowered or somewhere along the way where you felt really empowered that you want to point out as something for women to know about or to look for in their providers? Sure. Uh, when I was pregnant with my, my second child, my daughter, um, that was when I had a confrontation really with an OB in, in the office. And I had been requesting to see the midwife. And for some reason, the staff always scheduled my appointment with the OB and for having a midwife on his staff, he was pretty, um, how should I say, uh, dismissive of natural birth whenever I spoke to him about it. And I asked, I had a form from my doula saying, um, you know, something like, I don't know any reason why this patient is healthy and not healthy enough to use a TENS unit during labor. And I asked him if he would sign it. And he just went on this speech about doulas trying to get other people to do their job and he doesn't like them and they're a bunch of phonies and all this stuff. And I was so shocked and offended. And here I was about seven and a half months pregnant. And I mean, he was just so rude and I have just never felt so berated by a medical professional who's, by the way, works for me. I don't work for him. He's there trying to help me have my baby. Uh, I had no reason that I had to have him in my life. <laughs> so it was, it was so upsetting. And um, he told me I needed to find another office when I told him, you know, how offended I was by all the things he had just said. And, um, and that ended up being a really good thing. But I would, I just want to encourage women out there that if you ever have, whether it's an OB or a doctor or a chiropractor, whoever it is, um, you know, doctors work for you. They, you're the boss, not them. And if they recommend something to you or they say something and you don't think that's right, speak up, you know, be in charge of your own health care. Um, don't be afraid to find another doctor to get a second opinion to say, you know what, that's offensive to me. That doesn't sound right. And um, the, the kind of humorous thing was after that whole interaction, he looked at my chart and he goes, did you want me to do an exam for you today? <laughs> And I looked at him and I said, no, there's no way I'm letting you touch my body. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just say that you, you got to be in charge of your own health care and uh, don't, don't be afraid to speak up when doctors say things or cross boundaries that they shouldn't. 
Amen, girl. And that's true of all providers. They work for you. Um, that's right. And at a minimum, you deserve to be heard. So whether you have to come to an impasse of agreeing to disagree, that, that's an option, but we can be respectful adults about it. And I'm sorry you had that experience. Like you said, it turned out to be for the best for you. Um, I also really appreciate what you shared about healthier choices and things that you've learned are critical for your own well-being. One of my favorite phrases that I love helping women thrive during pregnancy, delivery, postpartum, and you've shared some of the things that you're doing in your own life that you've found to be critical priorities, but last chance to share anything about how you feel like you help yourself thrive in life, which in turn helps your family. When my, each of my children have gotten to about the, the age of 18 months, that's really been the point where I've been able to have the energy and the amount of sleep and the amount of margin in my day to finally start really getting back into fitness and really exercising vigorously and um, really focusing more on eating healthy uh, with more intensity than the early postpartum. Um, so that's something that I've been doing for myself. And even though it's really hard a lot of days and I don't want to do it, um, I feel so much better. I have more energy. Um, I'm healthier. I, I can feel that my muscles are getting stronger, which is really great. And it's really hard to not try to compare yourself to other moms. Cause I have friends who have been doing that since their babies were like three months old. And I'm like, you know what? that's not me. I couldn't have done it then. I would have killed myself trying to do it. And that's okay. So whatever, whatever phase of motherhood you're in, don't compare yourself to other moms. Don't compare your journey to their journey. You know, we all have different stages and phases in our lives at different times and for different reasons. And um, just accept where you're at and do the best that you can do where you're at right now and support your friends at where they're at. And hopefully they'll support you where you're at and don't worry about trying to keep up with what they're doing. All great stuff. I'm so grateful that you're willing to come on today and take time out of your very busy schedule to chat with us. And I know you put time and thought into what you wanted to say today. And I really appreciate that as well. I miss your face. Cannot believe your son is almost two. That's not okay. Um, but hopefully I can catch up with you in person and see you soon. Yes, actually, I'm going to be scheduling another appointment because all this exercise oh. has stirred up some more issues. So I'll be seeing that you soon. <laughs> that happens. All right. Well, new phase of things. All right. Well, I look forward to talking to you and we will connect soon then. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for being on, Katie. I appreciate it so much. I'll talk to you soon. So this episode, we are taking the time to talk to some actual mamas, go figure. And um, the whole point of this podcast is to be for moms. And so I asked a couple of my favorites to jump on. And I appreciate you taking the time today, Caitlin, to share some thoughts and tell us a little bit about your journey as a mom and your pregnancies and everything. So I'm, I'm grateful that you were able to juggle your day to be here. Oh, thanks for inviting me. It's a fun opportunity. For sure. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about your awesome family and your journey as a mom? Well, I have two kids. I have a five-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son. 
who if I tell everyone, if he would have been first, he probably would have been last, as though he's adorable. He's a second child for sure, if you can put, if you, if you have two kids. Um, he's my wild one. There's no, he doesn't, he tries to get away with everything with a smile on his face. He's the spitting image of my husband. Even my mother-in-law says so, so it makes me laugh. Wonderful. Well, so they're two and five, so you had a nice spacing with those. Tell us a little bit about the choices that you made for your pregnancies and delivery. Well, my first one, I went in blind. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no concept that I wouldn't get the best care I deserved. I thought you got treated great every single time. I thought labor and, labor and delivery nurses were always gonna be great. Um, that doctors always were, always did what the right thing to do was not what they wanted to do. And so with my second pregnancy, I made a lot of different choices. But with my first, I had a doctor try to induce me because he was bored. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said no at that moment. Um, I said I wanted to talk to my actual doctor. And then I had nurses while I was in labor make fun of each other behind their back. Um, tell me the prom promise me things that they shouldn't have been promising like I was gonna deliver in a few hours when I was a first-time mom going into labor or that everything was going exactly how it should be when it wasn't my pulse was insane to the point my mother-in-law and my mother who are both nurses both brought it up on different occasions and were told basically they, that they didn't know what they were talking about, which was kind of weird to me because they both were trying to be their, on their best behavior and be respectful of the nurses. So to get told that you didn't know what you were talking about when you've done it all your life was a little absurd. I ended up with a C-section with my daughter because they had me sit up and I went from nine centimeters to six. Yeah, it was, a, it was definitely an unusual labor. And then after that experience, I, we were in Chicago at that time. And so after that experience is when I started getting involved in the Leche League and up there they have a birth coalition. And so I started trying to find the right doctors and the right kind of team that I would want for my next pregnancy because I didn't want to make the same choices again. So and then at what point did you move to Arizona? I moved to Arizona three years ago now. Okay. So were you already pregnant or not yet? I technically, I was pregnant, but I miscarried. Oh. And if someone's at my door. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. Life of a mom, right? Yes. Hi, Kayla. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day. Scratch delivery. What do you know? <laughs> no worries. Michael can. 
Michael can edit that part out. So I'm going to just ask okay. the question again. So um, when did you move to Arizona? I moved in um, three years ago now. We lived out in Buckeye and I started getting back involved with La Leche League at that time. So that way I could learn where to give birth and who to go through because there's a lot of choices out here in the valley. So, so what, what did you end up choosing for your second? I chose Premier Care for Women. And then um, I really liked the idea of having a midwife. And I went through, um, I had a doula this time. Her name was Sarah. And she was really helpful during labor and everything. And then I made sure to get chiropractic adjustments throughout the entire pregnancy. So that way everything would stay aligned because I was going for a VBAC. Right. But it, it didn't happen because his head was stuck and crooked. <laughs> but I got, I had the best labor I could have had. So even though the end result of C-sections turned out to be the same, what about the second experience allowed you to feel a lot more empowered and for that to be a better experience for you? I went on, went in, went into labor on my own, which was a really great feeling because it was something I really wanted to do. And then after that, I labored for almost 24 hours and probably about the 20 hour mark, the 22 hour mark, I started talking with my midwife and I was like, all right, what are we doing here? Um, I'm ready for a C-section personally, but what do we need to do? And so at that point she had looked at me and told me if I could give her two more hours of labor, then if he wasn't going to come at that point, then she was ready to perform a C-section because at the end of my labor, he sat on a nerve that the epidural could not touch and they had it pretty high from what I remember and so my midwife not my midwife my doula had a tennis ball and she rubbed where that nerve was for two hours wow and so so in the way that they communicated with you just so women can my point of asking this is so that women can know what feeling to look for, what information to look for, you know, main part of what I do, why I do this podcast and is just trying to help women know about more resources. You know, some of them might not even be aware that they could have a midwife in a hospital or they might not be aware that pelvic physical therapy exists or all the different things. And so in that light of helping people know what to look for, is there anything about the way that they communicated with you or the way that your options were presented that helped you feel honored or valued? Yes. Um, my, at Premier Care for Women, you're supposed to rotate through everyone at least once, which I did. I mostly stuck to the midwives, but I did see everyone at least once. Um, and at one point I was looking into all my options for birth, um, from home birth to birth centers to hospitals. I really wanted to know where I was gonna deliver, where I really needed to be. And so I had started posting on ICANN and asking questions. Well, mm. not 
not just one of the midwives who I saw, but two of them saw my name and actually noted it in my, in my file to bring it up with me during my visit so that way they could discuss my fears with me. Wow. That's definitely and so, impressive. And so that was a really big thing that helped me stick with them and which I'm lucky I did because I needed a C-section. And so it was the right choice for me, but they were so welcoming and just wanted me to have the best experience I could. And that, I mean, that just makes such a difference, right? And re remembering this shouldn't be rare, but remembering to include you in the decision that it's your body and your delivery and your baby and just to involve you in the options. And um, how about when they had to actually, you were even ready for the C-section, but they were recommending give it more time. How did they approach that with you? They asked. It wasn't a, we're going to do this, or this is what you need to do. It was a, can you give me two more hours? Do you trust me enough to give me two more hours? I feeling. And I did. I trusted my midwife very much. And I figured if I was meant to have a feedback through her office was the place that I was going to get to have it if I was going to have it. And so for those two hours, though they were not that much fun, I, it's very rare that people can say that you gave up before your doctors did. Yeah. What's that little cutie pie in the background want to say to the mamas? He's trying to open his new vitamins right now. Oh. So he wants me to open them for him. Of course. Well, healthy choices, right? At least they're vitamins and not candy. Good job. Yeah, well, he, he, thinks <laughs> he probably thinks they're candy though. So it works. Well, that, that does work. Whatever they want to think about it. That's totally great. How did pelvic physical therapy get on your radar? So after my second pregnancy, I was having a lot of incontinence issues. I was having a lot of what I thought were UTIs that weren't. Um, and I also had been diagnosed with VBS in the past. And so I'd reached out through Facebook, I think on the Premier Mommies page. And Amy, who is their head nurse, um, I think I'm not sure exactly what her title is, but she's amazing and she's a um, lactation consultant she immediately was like go see the Amy, which is you right and and so that's who and so I that's how I found you and I started seeing you and noticed a huge difference in the pain I was having with um what I thought was a UTI which really wasn't and with my VBS, and it was an amazing thing that I never, I didn't think my VBS could ever truly go away as it has, but seeing you and the myofascia, yeah, myofascial work. it did, and I know that probably won't happen for everybody, but it's amazing that it happened for me, I feel like. Well, that is definitely good news. So like most of my clients and most women, you had no idea there was physical therapy for postpartum or for the pelvis specifically, right? Right. I had no idea. I didn't even know what a pelvic floor was. <laughs> right. And it, right. 
we will save that for another podcast because holy cow. Well, um, I know that you do a lot of things to make healthy choices for yourself and your family. One of my favorite things is to say that I love helping women thrive during their pregnancy, delivery, and postpartum rather than just sometimes, especially in new mamahood, it feels like we're barely surviving, never mind thriving. But what are some of the things that you've learned are critical for you um, in terms of feeling like you're thriving and not just surviving in life? I learned that I need to work out, that if I don't work out on a regular basis, I can get go a little crazy, get a little depressed, um, not keep up with things I need to do. I've learned that if I don't have a set schedule for myself, then I can get lazy and not do the things I need to do, which then make me depressed because nothing's getting done. Um, finding moms who you can get along with and finding reliable babysitters. That is, and I recently just found a reliable babysitter. My kids had never had a babysitter until my brother-in-law's girlfriend watched them. Wow. Well, that's important for you to get time out and, you know, help you to get time together. So yeah, that's, that's a, that's a critical one, especially there's a lot of families here that are transplants and don't have other family members here. So that can be yeah. a big one. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, because even when I noticed it a lot more with my second than I did with my first, because with my first, I never wanted to leave her. I've been a stay-at-home mom for the past five years. I never wanted to have anyone really watch her. I was, and I was okay with that at that time. I didn't trust, not that I didn't trust my in-laws and things like that. I just, I wasn't ready to let go yeah but I with, think that takes time yeah with my second I've learned to let go a little faster it's a journey right we're all a work in progress well Caitlin I am so grateful that you're willing to take the time and even with your kiddos playing and um, all the stuff that's on your plate to do I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and share other advice you want for mamas and help me build this community and reach out to connect moms, which is one of the things we talked about. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You're most welcome. And I hope to talk to you soon. You too. All right. Stay in touch. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. So I just want to thank Caitlin and Katie for coming on today, and I felt like it was really important for us to have some actual mamas share about motherhood, nothing else, no other medical expertise or anything, just woman to woman, things that we need to hear, things they wish they'd known, um, things they've learned are critical for them to feel good about themselves and about being there for their families and taking care of the littles. So hope you guys got a lot out of this episode. I know I did. And definitely some of the takeaways regarding taking care of yourself, knowing some of the resources that are out there, pelvic physical therapy, chiropractic, acupuncture, asking your providers for what you really need and asking more questions so that you can get the information that you need. And also, of course, nutrition and exercise. So make sure to take care of yourself, mamas. And thanks for tuning in for Bellies, Babies, and Birth. Have a great week. Yeah!
Inspired Radio.